Hello everybody, my name is Maggie Delgado and I'm your host here at TV That Made Us. As a multimedia producer, I'm always interested in the way that media, especially narrative film and TV, influences culture and society. After a roundtable discussion on sex, love, and relationships on my other podcast, I realized that a lot of what we know, how to behave in life in general, were taught to us by the television that we grew up watching. So, for the next few episodes, my friends and I will be discussing some of our favorite television shows and how they have influences as adults. On this second episode of the show, we will be talking about animated Japanese series Digimon, inspired by the 1990s Tamagotchis. So Digimon is a story of the virtual creatures called Digimon, short for digital monsters, and their human friends called the Digidestins. During a summer camp trip, seven Japanese children were transported into another world. This digital world was filled with monsters, some friendlier than others. They soon discovered that they were chosen to save this world that has been under the dictatorship of an evil Digimon called Myotismon. During this time, the kids learn about themselves, how to work as a team, and of course about the digital world. The good and the bad. During the second season, we see these digitestins in high school while three new ones use their digivices to go in and out of the digital world with their new Digimon friends. They're also protecting the world, but this time it's from a human emperor that is trying to take over the digital world. This is where we learn about Ken and how his grief was used by evil Digimons like Mamimon and Akunimon for their benefit. After the global events of season two, the series reboots itself into Digimon Tamers. This story is more of a meta story. So this story takes place in our world, where Digimon is just a TV series and a game card. In this third reincarnation, we learn about Biomerge, when the Digimon and his human partner fuse into one, and of course, about the humans who created the digital monsters. This season is known for its darker storylines dealing with us, the humans, and our relationship with technology. During this episode, we will focus our discussion on the first three seasons of Digimon and the 2000 Digimon movie. To talk all things Digimon and what it taught us, I have here my friend and fellow Digimon fan, Nick. Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm super excited to be here today. Maggie, thank you so much for inviting me to participate in your podcast. I'm super excited to talk about one of my all-time favorite shows. So, Nick, we've known each other for so long, and uh, I never knew how much you loved Digimon as much as me until we decided to do this episode. In the moment she talked about uh, creating this podcast, uh, and she mentioned Digimon, I was like, I'm all in. Yeah. Sign me up. And she was like, hey. Yeah, I was trying to find like a partner, like a, like a, I was trying to find like another Digidestin to do this podcast with. So I first started watching Digimon on Fox Kids um, back in 1999, and I immediately fell in love with it. There were a few characters, and my cousins put me in this box as Mimi. So I identified as that character, more of like a girly girl who likes pink, and it's a little ditzy. Even though she wasn't the brightest, I think at the end they got it right because she was really sincere, and I think I'm a lot like that. You know, either way, I fell in love with her, and I fell in love with, um, with, with Kari, and I fell that Digimon touched upon a lot of darker themes. And I just, I felt obsessed with it. I cried. I literally cried my eyes out on season one. Like when it finished, I 
I was really traumatized. I don't know. I just felt like like they were my friends too. Like I was really involved, invested in it. I had like a really big Digimon poster with all the Digimon. My mom bought me a Digimon folders. I created my own little crest, which we'll be going to talk about later. <laughs> I I would draw it. I even made my own Digimon song. And it's not the Digimon rap. We will not be talking about that here because that is just like probably the worst thing out of the out of the Digimon universe. But I know that you're a Digimon fan too. So when did you discover the show and how much do you love it? Sure. So I fell in love with the show uh, the same year. I've always had an affinity for like anime, sci-fi, and fantasy genres. So um, Digimon was definitely within that realm. Um, and for me, I really enjoyed Digimon as opposed to its rival Pokemon, partly because of the relationship between the human partner and the Digimon, whereas Pokemon felt a little bit more like you would use the Pokeball to like transport your Pokemon. But I really like the fact that, um, the Digimon was very much almost my best friend, more than just like a pet or someone that I would use to fight. Like we actually would form um, a bond. It's almost like the siblings. Digimon, the Digimon were able to talk too. So they were able to express if they were feeling like sadness or what. Pokemon, sure. were they, they, they say their name over and over again. And so we really <laughs> didn't know. <laughs> they were more like animals as opposed to, and animals are used to fight too, which I think... Um, we won't talk a lot about that here, but I know that in the third season, that was like a big debate where like some people only saw Digimon as like creatures to like, you know, fight and collect kind of like Pokemon and other were like, no, they have feelings. We, we have, they're, they're like our partners. Yeah. They have so, a sense of morality for yes, sure. Yes, definitely. And that definitely comes across in, in season three. So the Digidestins had a crest with a symbol of the quality they most embodied. Maybe not on the surface, but definitely something that defined them. We will discuss what they meant and how important they are. But what was your favorite? And if you did have one, what would it be? Personally, I like them all. But if I had to pick one or if I had to have a tattoo in my arm, like my friend Miguel does, he actually has TKs. I thought it was Kari's light. Those are the two that I really like the most out of all of them. But which one is yours? It's so funny that we uh, are doing this podcast together because we definitely have um, similar tastes because I definitely had an affinity for Kari and TK. Um, I guess maybe because we were both like nine when the show first came out. So we probably identified with the youngest kids within the series. Um, so that makes total sense uh, to me. TK was my favorite. I really identified with the crest of hope. To be honest, I felt like he was kind of the crux of the show in that if... Obviously, everyone's crest was a trait or quality that they most exemplified. But if they didn't have hope, right, reliability would be nowhere. That's Courage true. would be nowhere. Love would not exist. That sort of optimism uh, really resonated with me. Um, and I also found TK to be one of the more friendly characters on the show. Um, albeit a little uh, naive, and that was definitely very much how I've always been myself. Seven young kids go to camp for the summer, wind up living in a digital land where everybody gets to meet his own Digimonster, a digital companion, a digital friend. On this first part, we're going to talk about the human side of the digital world. 
It's no secret that this show took on some dark issues, including depression, grief, and bullying. Watching it at such a young age, did you get any of that when you were watching it? Or wasn't it, was it after you rewatched it that you realized that Kari, Ken, Jerry, that they were all these like very young children suffering from depression? When I first watched the series, when it first came out, I don't. I think I picked up on the dark themes and I was like, oh, this is a little sad. But I don't know if I really articulated it as depression until uh, season three, which was yeah. Tamers. And we'll unpack that later on, but especially with everything that went on with Jerry, I was like, oh, okay, this is a little too real. I felt it a little bit in the second season because they mentioned there was grief that that's what made Ken do what he did. And then in the third season, it kind of just, first of all, I found out that it was written by somebody that has a history of writing super dark themes in, in, in anime anyways. So it took whatever little things that we had in the, in the first and second season and just blew it up in the third. Let's start discussing the crest because I feel like they have a lot to do with that human part of the digital world. So the crests, they were love, sincerity, courage, friendship, reliability, light, hope, and knowledge. These were qualities that these young kids embodied. But I feel like at the very beginning, they didn't know that. Like they had to discover that about themselves. And then that's what made the Digimon Digivolve. Yeah, I think the that sort of trait manifested itself based on whatever was happening. And that's part of the reason why they found the crest in the first place, because they actually developed that enhanced sort of trait within themselves. For me, it's almost as if the Digimon are an extension of their human partner, because they also need to have embodied that trait. That's what later on in the third season made them merge too. Because remember in the third season, they had like bio merging. And also um, with the human component, the DG evolution is tied to the human emotions. And so like whatever the human is feeling at that time when it digivolve, it can corrupt the DG evolution, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that takes place in um, season one with Ty, like really trying to force Agumon to, to digivolve. And instead of digivolving to Metal Greymon, he digivolves to Skull Greymon. And a similar thing happens in season three of Tamers where Giyomon has a corrupt digi evolution um, because of Takato's anger. And also, do you remember the Dark Ocean? So the Dark Ocean in the world, it was it was a world inside the digital world. It has the power to bring twisted thoughts to life and it magnifies and it corrupts them and then it, it, it inverts the natural order of things. And we saw that in the second season mostly with, with Kari and Ken. They were transported into this world and I don't know why, like, that also reminded me of... Um, like the Dementors, like instead of a world, instead of like something uh, coming in and bringing you like these dark thoughts or whatever, it was a world that that pulled you in if you were already having these dark thoughts. Yeah, it's like it. it's almost like one of those things where like whatever you're putting out to the universe is going to come back to you. So whatever you were feeling kind of manifested itself um, in the digital world as part of the dark ocean. And then the dark ocean was almost like its own sort of dimension within the digital world, because as we saw in season two, um, when specifically when they, um, returned back to the dark ocean, Yoli and everyone was like, what are you guys talking about? Like what Digimon is here? Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely just a manifestation of whatever you're already feeling. It's kind of also, now that you mentioned like when, when Yoli and and the rest of the Digidescent were trying to help them out, it's kind of like when somebody's trying to express that they are depressed and the other person is like, but 
how like I don't see that like how I don't understand you um you know or or when somebody has like a like self self-esteem issues like oh I think I'm so ugly or fat and then the other person's like I don't see you at all like that like it's it's completely different inside this digital world and all of these like human components I wanted to briefly um talk about like okay so this is this this was made in Japan I feel like the culture that created the story influences the story and in that culture as some of us may know has a high like suicide rate amongst children and, th- and teens and it's a lot of it has to do with, with with school pressure and i know like in the 90s it was like a really popular news that this this was happening um over there it doesn't always just happens over there i just wanted to point that out um that was like a thing over there and i feel like now it's here i feel like especially um shootings. mass shootings yeah. this was around the same time like around like late 90s or early early 2000s with like the whole columbine thing happened I, even though this was a kid's show i just felt like it, it hinted at like hey if somebody older is watching this like a parent if you're sitting down with your kids you may be like oh crap like you know, when like media reflects itself onto like the real world. For sure. I, I definitely think it's it's almost like um, our imitating life and, and vice versa. Um, but what I found interesting about this series, especially as it progressed into like the spinoffs, you know, we have Adventure 2, which is like a tie in season one, and then Tamers, which is its own universe in and of itself. It depression and grief and all these different things uh or issues with mental health were never like undertones within the series they were just like blatantly there in your face if you didn't catch it because you were too young that makes sense but especially as we rewatched um the series in particular episodes for the sake of this podcast um you can pick up on it right away let's get in depth into the three characters that suffered the most i feel from from this like darkness of the show um i want to talk about ken i want to talk about kari and i want to talk about jerry so let's talk a little bit about kari so kari was the eighth digidescent in the in the first season she's ty's little sister she's the youngest of the group and her crest is light what's so special about her is that her crest has the power to dispel darkness because she's light so um, in the first season, she encounters Gatomon, who's there to kind of corrupt her. And, and she was in, like a, an evil Digimon. And uh, Kari is able to, not by any intention, but like they become friends. And then they, they become bonded and Gatomon becomes her Digimon. So she's able to kind of dispel like the darkness that Gatomon had. But she has like a really big relationship with the Dark Ocean. In the second season, you remember like she suffered from like migraines. We don't know exactly what was going on with her. We just know like... She's always been like the little weird kid. And we put that label like weird because we just don't know. Or like just like the other Digidescents, like we don't know what's wrong with her. She just also has like a a way of like, I feel like something's going on or I feel like something's happening. Yeah. So she had that yeah. like sort of empathic ability, I guess. Is what we see that in the movie sure. too. Yeah. Um, Where she already with like Willis. knows Agumon and Ty's like, how do you know who he is? When she goes to America, when she's like, I feel like something's coming and it's Willis mm-hmm. and, and the Digimon with the virus and everything. So, yeah, I have here like she has like some sort of like empathic ability. I thought she was like a, a cool character. Like I wanted and Gatomon is also very cool. Yeah, Digimon. yeah, for sure. I think they were one of my favorites. They were kind of par and par with um, how I felt about um, TK and, and Patamon for sure. Um, I think. Kari, especially with her crest, kind of exemplified the whole idea of like yin and yang and how, um, 
obviously darkness or, or evil is not good, but it obviously wouldn't have a purpose if there was um, not good in the world and vice versa. So, you know, they kind of play off one another, um, which I think is part of the reason why she felt so much for Ken in season two. Yeah. Um, because she understood some of his plight. Definitely. She does have like a self-sacrificing nature that I feel like in the, in the, when she was younger in the, in the first season, it was kind of a, a little annoying because then it puts the other people in danger. But then in the second season, you realize that she actually, like, we needed somebody like that in order for us to understand Ken. I feel like his character kind of changed Digimon for me because it made me feel that this was not like a, it, it was a kid show when like the whole Digimon Emperor thing, I was like, wow, like, I can't believe in the first season, it was all about like, you know, they're, they're our friends. So like how... And I think everybody was surprised, too, um, in the second season, at the very beginning. It's like, how can a human like us who feel for these Digimon be the one causing all of this, all of these issues? But in order to understand, can we need to remember? Um, let's start from the beginning. So there was this man. His name is Yukio Okaiwa. And he was obsessed with the digital world when he was younger. And um, he loses a friend who was also kind of like his his partner and like, you know. And who was also um, Cody's dad. Who yes. Who is a DigiDestiny yes. season two. Yes, definitely. Um, so when he experienced grief over his friend dying, my oldest mom possesses him. And... Um, with my oldest mon's influence in him, he creates um, two other Digimons. He creates Arokanimon and Mamimon. And then these Digimon, they're they're super creepy. So they kind of look like human too. Um, if you realize, they're kind of like part human. They're not like, not that they're not rigid, uh, you know, real Digimons, but they have like a human a humanness about them like they they have like a few features that are yeah they human. can definitely take um human form because they look totally different yeah. in human form than um as actual digimon but that's part of the reason why the part of the reason why they can do that is because um okawa actually like, created them created to them to have that sort of skill set and or the the i think one of the creepiest things that people don't realize is that, like um, especially like if you're an adult and you're watching a series with your kid, it's like they kidnap children. Like that's what the Digimons do. Um, I remember that that scene when they're like just stuffing them into a van, and and I'm like, oh my god, like they're they're the kidnappers. Um, right. Under the pretense to meet Ken. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so they they control children like Ken, um, and they put like dark spores, which they're kind of like this like bowl with spikes on them and they bring out the darkness in you and that's what the digimons use in order to control ken and the other and the other children while the, all of this is happening ken comes into the picture so ken he was like a normal young boy but he had an older brother who was super smart super good at sports and ken was always a little envious of him and uh the older brother if i'm remembering correctly he had a he had a digimon and ken didn't and the older brother dies and that triggers again it's kind of like the, the story repeats itself like that death then triggers ken to feel guilty and 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 um grief over his brother and mommy mon and arikani mon like use that to bring ken to the 
to the dark ocean. And while he was in the digital world, he was in a fight. He almost like self-sacrificed him- himself during the fight. And then that's how he got the dark spore in him. And then with the dark spore, like all of these like negative emotions that built up. I know like this is fictional, but I feel like almost like the stages of grief. Like he went through like, I'm angry. And then I'm like resentful over like, my brother but then these dark spores what they also do is they made him better at everything so he was like oh if i'm the best at everything why wouldn't i control other people or other or other digimon yeah this sort of like false sense of of entitlement um and what i felt about ken throughout the series was like poor kid couldn't catch a break first he's like digimon emperor then like you get him on um, the DigiDestin team. He kind of moves through everything. Thankfully, he had Wormon the entire time, mm-hmm. who was like his voice of reason, trying to reason with him, knowing that this wasn't always who he was to begin with. What And this is why I know a lot of people don't like the second season, but I think his story of trying to redeem himself. I remember like even later on, like he still is traumatized with guilt even when he joins the team, is not 100% accepted. And also he is still isolated. Yoli is the only one that she then like, you know, remember like she develops a crush on him or whatever that kind of starts like to bring him in. And and so it was, it's like this whole redemption story. I also felt bad like for for the actual adult because this is the only time where there was an adult involved in all of this. Like it's not just children, but um, Yukio, who still has like my oldest mom possessing him, and his story and how he became he's he was so creepy throughout the whole thing he just looked like this i don't know like 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 a child predator or something yeah, no, right absolutely. like he was he like, looked like a pervert. Absolutely. <laughs> he looked like a total pervert yeah, and then yeah. in the scenes where we really didn't know who he was we just saw him lurking around and looking at ken and looking at everything and it's like ew like what is wrong with him um and then we realized what, what was really going on just to go to your point about, uh, let's just address the elephant in the room. Everyone, a lot of people don't like season two. Mm-hmm. I personally like it just because I was um, invested in TK and Kari. So it was great to see that character development, right? To kind of grow up with them because mm-hmm. they grew up in the series. Um, and then the fact that we get to see our old friends, the original Digi Justin from Japan. And the fact that old enemies come back. I mean, my oldest man was the biggest enemy for season one they defeat him even when he gets to his like mega form venom myotis mon all that to come back into season two and here myotis mon appears but just in a newer form they escaped the, the his horror in the digital world and it kind of followed them into the real world if you think about it Okay, so before we head on over to discussing the the third season and the full-blown grief manifestation, I want to quickly mention, like, I know a lot of people, again, they hate on the second season, but I love how global it made the show feel. It happened a little bit in the, in the, in the movie as well when we saw, oh, wow, there's an American character. But this time around, um, everybody felt connected. And there were, like, people from all, uh, digidescents from all over the world, different languages. It ends in this, like, they were more like adults and they had kids and things so um it brought that that darkness that i think was like a great like a great first step in order to completely throw us in the dark in the in the third season 
that was another thing that I really liked about it, right? Like, we meet them in Japan, but all of a sudden they're Digidestin in the US. So I'm like, oh my God, if Digimon were yeah, real, I yeah, would yeah, have yeah. a Digivice and, you know, have my own Digimon. So um, those are like some really cool things that I enjoyed from that season for sure. So to walk into season three and have it be like, oh, basically everything you watched in season one and season two doesn't exist. It's not real. Like, this was totally like. At a the beginning, TV I didn't series. like that. At no, the beginning, I, I had like it. a. I, I, I was like, no, but like, I invested. Right. you know all this can, time can the characters from season two come back yeah can the know? characters from season, yeah exactly yeah. like i wanted to know about their kids and stuff i think um um you know a little fun fact was that the there was a few episodes in the in the second season that dealt with the dark ocean that weren't um it looked like they were a little bit like disconnected from from the rest and that was because the writer at that time wanted to take it into a dark place and they 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 were they weren't 100 percent comfortable yet and then the writer came back and did the third season so that's why i feel like you know if without the without the second season we wouldn't have the we wouldn't have the third or like the the, the darkness and how grown up the third one felt the third season it was more of like a meta season it was all about we were in the real world now and digimon is is you know it's a video game it's, it's like a card game reminded me of like mm-hmm. our obsession with like pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Right. it also dealt with um the government like the government got involved in all of this um finally because in the first two seasons it was like oh japan is being destroyed and does nobody no nobody are we, are we gonna leave it all to these like little kids to save the world so it made it real um the the government gets involved there are real life consequences to the digimons being in the digital world and then to continue with the human aspect we have jerry jerry's like the, that that character that that kari or ken and she comes in she's like a normal um young girl her digimon was was leomon which by the way like i had a connection with because i'm a leo so <laughs> i like leomon and um, Pink leo productions exactly leo exactly in this third season in, in digimon tamers um takato our main character he is a human who created a digimon kind of like by accident like he made his own like little caricature of it and then it like slid into the digibice and it created the the digimon he's, he's actually afraid of it at the beginnings i don't know it was like it was but much more human um so Takato has a crush on this girl named jerry um and we see her at the beginning she's like oh i don't know anything about digimon and but then we found out that she's actually super obsessed with digimon as well and um the other the other cool thing about this season is that we meet impmon who is this like this tiny digimon who belonged to these two um twins um and uh he had a very negative experience with the human so he's like disillusioned he doesn't believe that there should be a connection between the digimon and the human um and so this disillusion like continues throughout the season he becomes belzamon and when he kills leomon jerry's uh, partner jerry goes into a deep depression and i think the first half of it was like them trying to deal with digimons in our world and then the show completely takes a turn when after this big battle happens when they return into the real world from the digital world they bring jerry back but jerry's not jerry jerry 
is kind of possessed by um, the D Reaper, um, who is who, who's a, a computer program. It was created by humans too, so um, I think it made sense that it, it it was connected to one of the strongest human emotions, which is like grief and sadness and depression. But what did you think of the of the season? Because when she comes back to the human world and she brings in this depression, it was creepy as shit <laughs> yeah it was totally dark i think it was uh one of the more her face yeah it was totally like zoned out it was almost it almost felt as though i mean at the time i didn't think of it but it almost felt like she was she was on drugs it looked like that oh my god you're right mm-hmm. but what i really enjoyed about this uh season if we, um we talked about this earlier with with impmon he was a character that was really given their own sort of story arc just as a Digimon alone. Um, it reminded me a little bit of season two where we had Black War Greymon. Oh, yes. Who kind of had that journey of like, what is my purpose? All I'm right, doing right, is right. killing like people, but I don't know. existential crisis. Mm-hmm. And so same sort of thing, a little bit happened with, with Impmon where we end up finding out um, he actually does belong to a set of of tamers but um felt like he didn't want to be with them because they would fight over him um and kind of looks down or has disdain for digimon who have tamers or digimon partners i i feel like as a whole we're talking about all all these three seasons i feel like it it does how how we experience grief and depression in different in different ways i feel like Kari was more of like, okay, uh, like remember she was like sick and she had like migraines, but she was also very empathetic to other people. Um, she was always like drawn to helping those who already were outcasted by society. And then we have Ken who, instead of using, instead of being numb or sad, um, because he gets like the dark spore, he does it more of like, I'm going to be in control of everything so that I don't have to feel sad. I'm going to make other people sad and other people need to feel what I'm feeling. And then Jerry is more of like, I am not even here. Like I left. I don't have the energy. I don't want to, you know, Mm -hmm. I left my, my body kind of the weirdest or like not the weirdest, but like the scariest moments is like the when she comes back into the real world and she's interacting with like her family and other people like she she's usually like a sweet normal girl and then now she has like these faces that she makes um are horrible i remember um i don't know very if you, sort of like deadpan deadpan mm-hmm. and um so in the show um the d the d reaper kind of grows as as she as she feels even more like dare I say, the sunken place. Like, mm-hmm. as she feels more and more deep into, you know, um, uh, her sadness, the more the Deep Reaper grows and kind of mm-hmm. attacks the city. In order to communicate with the outside world, the Deep Reaper uses her voice and her appearance, but in, like, the bizarre ways. And I can't get away from the image of her. She had, like, no eyes or just, mm-hmm. like, a, a smile. And then she has, like, a little puppet Remember the the yellow yeah. puppet that she has, and yeah. the puppet speaks it's like for a her. Dog or something. Oh, it's so creepy. Um, and it, can you imagine like waking up and on Saturday morning, and that's what's on your TV, like this creepy. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
very bizarre. I mean, and then the, I felt like that finale like took forever. It was like one blow after another. It was it wasn't like you cried because you were like sad that the season was over, but like you were legitimately like, I'm a little scared. Like, yeah, what is happening. This seems a little bit too real. Definitely. And um, in the show, it, it again, it's, it's like if you're trying to pull somebody out of um, a deep depression that had to like go through this like huge barrier to get to her. Um, I think at the end is Sakato who who does like finally um, reach into her and say, you know, like, hey, it's okay. Like, yes, Leomon died, and uh, it's not your fault. Because I, I I think, um, you know, when with Kari and Ken, also they they also felt like it was their fault that somebody else died. Like like with Ken, it was like his brother, and then also um, War Mom, even though he comes back, and then with Kari, um, with Wizard Mon, when when he when he gets killed, she also thinks it's like it's my fault. It's all you know, it's my fault. Um, but definitely, any any last things to say about you know the human side of 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 this animated series? Because I mean, we could literally sit here and like talk about it forever. You mentioned we'll talk about this in the second part, but I, I definitely feel like it's definitely art imitating life with everything that was going on with Y2K at the time and everyone's feelings about technology. It, feel, it felt as though they definitely personified technology within the series and, and made that its own sort of character. you but i had a tamagotchi like i i had one I, I was in dominican republic at the time and i remember running home from school to go and feed it and they were a fickle little thing because they would die they would die on you Easily. did you have one yeah yeah i did too um my parents didn't actually like buy me one but interestingly enough i was walking home from school and um my grandmother used to pick me up from school and we found one on the street and so she it's took like it home, she washed it, and it became mine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is a real story. I feel like you stole someone else's Digimon. Like, <laughs> yep. I became an uh, like, illegal nope, taver. An yep. illegal taver. <laughs> um, what about, um, what about when, when did you get your first cell phone? I was, I was a little young because I, I, I got mine the year right after the, the Digimon movie came out. A few months later, actually, I was 11 and I had it because my school was a little far from where I lived. Mm -hmm. But did you get a cell phone? I got mine, I think, relatively late. I got mine. I was in like, um, I'm going to say eighth grade. So I must have been. That's not that late. 13, 14. And then I ran up the bill so much that I didn't have a cell phone for another two years. Oh my <laughs> and god! And then do I got you, one back. <laughs> do you remember how like at, um, you had to wait until maybe like seven or nine p.m. in order to talk for free? And that was everyone's catchphrase, like "Oh, call me after seven or on weekends." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or after nine, and then like a couple years after that, it became like after seven because all the yeah, cell yeah, phone yeah. companies did that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like I, I mean, I, I like that our generation, um, '90s babies, like we are able to um have in our in our history in our brain a time 
where technology wasn't that big of a deal like present yeah right it was you know i i still remember playing outside Mm -hmm. um and um and then slowly but surely getting something like a tamagotchi and then i had like a busted game boy that wasn't a real game boy because i didn't have the money to afford it but then game boy and then like now you know having cell phones and having children being super young and, and attached to this technology we had the privilege to have both i feel yeah this was also around the same time that games such as the sims you remember sims like you yeah. had like a second life and mm-hmm. you know i that's a little bit like a little bit of a like digimon meets like the real world because you know you you can live in the other world right you had a different personality yeah. over there um so it was you know games such as sims and platforms like um gaia i remember gaia online too i created my mm-hmm. own character my own avatar which allowed you to have like a digital life um we we're also spending a lot of a lot of our time talking to strangers online um, through chat rooms and creating like a different persona probably than than our dating online. On dating on <laughs> oh my god yes dating online came around the same time. Do you remember person. Sconex? I do. Oh my do. goodness! Your, your high school online. Like yes, definitely. Um, so uh, we also had like um, RPG games that allowed you to ex- to experiment life through a different lens. So think of something like Grand Theft Auto. And now we are we're in the age of like Instagram and Snapchat, which tends to blur the lines between reality and the digital landscape. Um, you can work, date, order food, necess- or necessities, go to school, uh, visit a faraway place, um, and create an entire community of people without even living your your bedroom. Now let's remember that the series came out in 1999 right at the, at the cusp of the dot-com boom. So Digimon, to me, evolved with us during that time. At the beginning, it was unknown, and uh, it was like a frightening world, you know, this digital world that consumed some of us, like in the first season. Then we saw it as like a global resource and entertainment that one was able to go in and out of. Like in the second season, they were able to get in and out of the world through different computer portals. In the third season, Digimon Tamers, it represented like the darker side of the web, right? The dangers of the internet and how people are able to use it for negative reasons, such as harassment, and also how big companies um, will use we use it to their advantage to you know to violate our privacy um, and uh, and of course net neutrality, which we're still dealing with today. So I feel like Digimon Tamer is. It's where we are today. Like our online personas have real life consequences. Again, we talked about this in the first part with like uh, with life imitating art. I mean, the D Reaper in season three really just seems to be inspired by a computer virus or what we now know as like malware um, in terms of how it affected both the digital world and the real world and um, really took over. I have here, you know, the, the story of the of the first three season has also been about um, Digimon's trying to cross over and blend the two worlds. It, it, that's always like the big battle is always the battle for the over the digital world, but also that battle transferring back into um, our world. And, um, you know, the, the whole concept of like the fact that Digimon's really don't die. Like and we saw that in the first two seasons, like Digimon's get reprogrammed. So something doesn't really die in the internet it, it just gets repurposed i guess 
kind of like memes if right. you think about it. Yeah. I also have here, you know, like the Digidescence. Uh, we mentioned like Sims and, and, and mm-hmm. Guy Online, but like the Digidescence, they have two lives. They have one in the real world and another one in the digital world. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the things that happen in the digital world, like their act of, of bravery, self-love and discovery, then transferred over to um, the real world. And I just think that we can all kind of relate to Ken because I think we've all... Maybe not all of us, but haven't you ever, you know, done something online or said something online that you probably never said in real life? Because I know a lot of people, they're like trolls and bullies. And and I'm like, how do you sleep at night? How you're still a real person, but like online, you're like, I I, I don't know, maybe you're more free or you're meaner or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, either this online persona is going to be an extension of who you are. In your day to day, or it's just someone who you want to project that you are, whether that's good or bad. Um, so I think what the show does, in a sense, is it really addresses um, the concept of morality, right? The distinction between what's right or what's wrong, and when the character kind of comes to terms with that, to develop more of a, a moral compass to decide, you know, whether they want to be on the good end of things or on the bad thing, and. Um, we found with um, season two, someone started on the dark side and, you know, realized that that really wasn't who they were mm-hmm. um, and made the right choices to um, ultimately seek redemption by the team and and be accepted as part of the team. Right. You know, in the third season, it also demonstrated that we are also responsible for the good and bad that happens in the digital world. We find out about Hypnos, that is a government agency that monitors um, digital communications. Even though it violates privacy, no one knows about it. That's the thing in the in Hypnos, which was, I was like, um, like our government? like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they monitor digital communications because... They know about Digimons and they also like in a way prevent and monitor like Digimon attacks from the from going from the from the digital world into ours. Um, But we also find out that there were these young programmers that were they are responsible for creating the digital world. Um, in the 1980s and it was mm-hmm. there's actually like a manga too they're like in palo alto like in like silicon valley in their story um they also had a lot of inner turmoil looking at how this can affect the real world like the 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 moral and the philosophical implications of creating uh, these digital monsters which i think this is what we're grappling with for like i don't even more than 10 years now which is like robots and synthetic dna and and dna manipulation and things like that like how how much can we play god in a way you know the idea of trying to understand technology and in some respects i mean in regards to education everyone's like oh let's just get the new thing it'll be more efficient we could eliminate some jobs and we'll just rely on this piece of technology and then all of a sudden they get the new technology no one knows how to use it you need to hire more people who know how to use that piece of technology in order to move forward, progress, and um, be more digitally fluent. And by season three, we find that a lot of those characters are, just because that's something that they grew up with. The internet, if you're going on there uninformed, what it what the internet can do is really just kind of prey on the weak. So if we look at Mummy uh, Mon or Arakuni Mon, where they um, kind of kidnap children all under the guise of, you're going to meet Ken, 
if we're thinking of more kind of real world examples, we can talk about the idea of human trafficking. Oh online. my God, yes. That's that's still a current issue, not only abroad, but definitely here in the States. Yeah. I can't help but mention um, the show, something like The Twilight Zone and something... Um, or Black Mirror. Or Black Mirror. And game. if you guys really want to... I know Black Mirror didn't 100% made us because, you know, we are... Now we're adults. <laughs> but um, I, f- I really want to do like an episode on, on Black Mirror because I feel like maybe it didn't made us, but it's definitely making us, you know, it's like in that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys want to... Um, you know, like this topic about, you know, technology and in the darkness of technology and, and shows that now are dealing with that. Um, we, we have something like uh, Black Mirror that we can definitely, you know, put a, put a little two cents about it there as well. One of my last points is going back to like the whole thing of like us humans, which I think it's in the, in the third season. I think that that's like a very strong storyline. It's about the, the adults are a part of the third season they are responsible for the digital world but technology rises ab- from ab- above them like they try to make it so complex and so human-like that it actually takes over and that's where we are i think like right now with, when we're talking about like manipulating D- dna and and our artificial mm-hmm. intelligence and right i mean that even we're goes creating into, our own problems right i mean it even goes into like jurassic park <gasps> that definitely yes. has some similarities with like the digital world and and how we're manipulating things and utilizing uh dna for our own sort of um benefit entertainment um like digimon with the card game and everything like that um for safety and policing whether right. that's here in the real world or in the digital world or for um negative or um maleficent reasons definitely so thank you so much nick no problem you're most welcome thank you so much for having me this has been a lot of fun and uh hopefully i can join you for another podcast sometime yes definitely um i really i really want to do the dark mirror one now with you that now sounds that like been, a really like, really good it's like one a second to, part to too yeah. yeah yeah definitely i want to bring you guys two more episodes before the summer ends so please keep listening um and to keep being updated on anything that we're doing um i want you guys to please subscribe um not only to um, our SoundCloud and our iTunes account, but um, also to all the Pink Leo productions and social media. And I'm going to put all the links down below. Um, thank you guys again. And if you guys haven't seen, um, you know, the, the, the third season of Digimon, or if you guys want to rewatch it, please let me know. I feel like I feel like now that people are listen to this, even if they watch Digimon, they're like, I missed a lot. Let me go back. Yes? Absolutely. I mean, it was <laughs> so much fun rewatching. So I'm sure you guys will have just as much fun as we did. Yes. 